Hello there, and happy holidays. Season's greetings, and welcome to the Doctor's Watcher. <laughs> uh, this is this is Holiday Benny and Holiday Kyle here. We are deep into the winter holiday season, and here on Doctor's Watcher, we are today celebrating season two wrap up mess. Yes, the true.、Um Reason for the season. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle, I see that you're 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 dressed for the occasion.、Um, you got your cozy holiday sweater on.、Um, I see the,、uh, the 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 doctor is in the 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 TARDIS sleigh, being pulled by twelve. Wait a second, those aren't reindeer. Look out, doctor, those are Daleks. <laughs> Exterminate Christmas! No <laughs> gifts for the doctor. <laughs> uh, what a what a wonderfully hideous holiday sweater. <laughs> <laughs> That's the little recording that plays when I push the button. Yes, the the, the front Dalek <laughs> has a red nose, and and when he pushes it, it makes that sound. <laughs> uh huh. Well, I. I am pleased to say that I'm not the only one wearing a fancy holiday sweater.、Today. No, no, I of course I had to. I had to get dressed up. <laughs> I see that you are also wearing your Doctor Who season two wrap up miss holiday sweater with the the little row of Tardises across the you know across the front, and I can tell beneath that there's like it looks like a row of Is that sarcophaguses? Is that a row of the monks' tardises below the doctor's tardis? That's a pretty, pretty cool sweater. Like that's a that's a kind of a deep cut. I knew, I knew you'd appreciate it, Kyle. I had a feeling that you'd get it. <laughs> <laughs> And then I think that's a row of high fives beneath that. Yeah, yeah. High five, yeah. Of course, little, being the little panda. Yeah, you can the little see panda right mascot.、There. Yeah, nothing, nothing but deep cuts this year. <laughs> Oh, I'm also enjoying my holiday beverage. It is a this is an actual a holiday like a a, a winter tea.、Uh, my partner's sister is living in Germany at the moment, and last holiday season she sent us a bunch of German holiday tea. That I figured, given that it's now the holidays, I would drink some. It is in my my Doctor Who mug. That's one of those where, like, when it's hot, the TARDIS appears on one side, and then as you drink it or as it cools down, the TARDIS like disappears and appears in on the other side or whatever. Listeners,、right, uh, just so you know, this part is not bullshit. <laughs> Kyle is legitimately <laughs> describing his actual mug. I, I have to take his word for it in terms of the holiday tea, but <laughs> it also seems、um, plausible. <laughs> And what are you drinking?、Um, I don't know. I couldn't think of anything. <laughs>、uh, I've got my、um, Tardis colored water bottle. It, it's blue, I guess, <laughs> and it has water in it. Nice.、Um, I mean, I, I I think it's water. I, I I got it from the this crater on the the web planet.、Um, <laughs> maybe I should maybe I should taste it just to make sure. <laughs> Yeah, try dipping your tie in it first and see what happens.、Uh, you know, I, th- I think I tried that earlier, but、um, I can't seem to find my tie now.、Um, I think I must have misplaced it. Oh well,、huh. bottoms up. 
Mm, Cheers. Burns all the way down. <laughs> Cheers, Kyle. Well, I see we have our glowing TARDIS tree set up in the corner with a big pile of gifts underneath it. Shall we get down to it? Uh, nothing like opening some oddly specific Doctor Who themed holiday gifts. <laughs> first gift uh, I actually have here for you and it's not something from under the tree if you check your email real quick you should see a steam code to the rescue which of course as you know is a side-scrolling platformer that features you know this planet with a, a crashed spaceship there's kind of a mystery about what happened with the crew of that ship. And there's, you know, kind of some aliens on the planet that you might look into the history of and backstory. I will note a, a special feature that I find really interesting in this game. <laughs> it's a side-scrolling platformer, but there's a right-to-left level, which no. kind of really messes no, with your brain God. when you play it. Don't, don't make me do the right-to-left level. <laughs> all right well just just because you had the audacity to give me a game with a right to left level and a side scroller i i can promise you now i will refuse to look inside the the secret room no matter how obvious the door to it is <laughs> that's that's how i'll get my revenge <laughs> well hopefully hopefully they program something for that <laughs> uh hopefully it doesn't mess up my game too much <laughs> uh-huh um, well, Kyle, I think that uh, you can check your email as well. Um, and uh, you, you have quite the, the um, diverse taste when it comes to video games. I know you like point-and-click adventures. Um, you like the Half-Life games. You like the Fallout games. You like squad-based tactical games like XCOM. You've played your share of GTA. Um and I'm pretty sure I've seen you playing a dating sim or two. Um, <laughs> fortunately for me, there is a game that combines all of these things, and that is the Dalek Invasion, excuse me, Occupation of Earth. <laughs> I, nice. I think they originally released it as the Dalek Invasion of Earth, but then, you know, in the re-release, it was maybe some sort of translation thing. Um because they had to translate it, of course, from the original British English to, you know, right. no normal English, what, what we talk over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it became the Dalek occupation. Alabama English. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we, we, we didn't uh, look too closely at who did the, the translation of it. Um, <laughs> our, uh, our, our old friend, um, Alabama man. I mean, in some ways... Dalek Occupation of Earth makes more sense as a title since the invasion kind of happens like before the game starts. Yeah, yeah. But maybe they use that word differently, like uh, like with chips. or Yeah, um, that's true. It could be. Uh, or football. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. I've really been looking forward to playing this game. It's got, you know, such a... A wide diversity of play types in the different levels. Yes. I'm not yes. yeah, I'm not sure I've ever played a game that combines like Half-Life 2 with a dating sim. <laughs> uh 
neither have I that my search history would verify. (laughs) (laughs) I guess before we move to the tree, I will fire off one last email for you with another Steam code. This is a code for a whole pack of games that I, I know we've played off mic. We've played some Parsley, which is, you know, kind of a, a text adventure RPG. Uh, <laughs> it's a text I know adventure kinda... where, where a player is the computer. Um, <laughs> and yet, despite being the computer, still has to stick exactly to the script. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it, 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 it is a game that Kyle is quite fond of. It's a very Kyle type of game. It is indeed. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I'm dragging you right now. Or... <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure either. But... <laughs> but, you know, I know you've played some some text adventures it's and true, some kind of old school point and click adventures. Mm-hmm. So I got to this whole pack of them that includes like the web planet and the crusade, the chase the Time Meddler. I think there's a few more in there. Awesome. I, I, I see the original came on 12 floppy disks, which is how you know it's good. <laughs> I guess I guess Doctor Who might have even like predated floppy disks. I don't know. I'm not going to look that up. I will, I will leave this in the recording, whether it's true or not, and then listeners just have to wonder. <laughs> there must be some old Doctor Who game on floppy disks. In fact, I actually remember playing this game that was probably shareware or freeware that I think my brother's friend copied for us that was called Daleks. And you're sort of like in this area, the field, and uh, there's a bunch of Daleks randomly placed. And like every time you take a step, they all take a step toward you. And But you can kind of like get them to crash into each other as you move around and if they get too close, you can use your Sonic on them, but you only get like one use per level. So yeah, it was kind of a, a fun little puzzle game. Cool. Well, um, I, I'm I'm putting down my my phone or iPad, whatever I was checking my email on, um, <laughs> and uh, let's let's open some of these boxes. Nice. So I've I've got something for you here. Oh, Kyle. Uh, I will let you go ahead and open the box. You can see that it's, you know, kind of a, a couple feet long by maybe a foot wide. It's not very deep. It's kind of a, a bit heavy for for how it looks. I'll let you go ahead and open it up. Kyle, it's the atmospheric density jacket from the web planet. Yeah, I thought, you know... Sometimes as you're you're going outside the the atmospheric density can be a bit low. So just kind of put on this jacket and twist up the dials or hook up the the things on the front of it and you're good to good to go. Oh, well, I will never leave home without it. And you know they they say here in the Bay Area you should always carry a, a light jacket with you wherever you go. And what could be lighter than atmospheric density? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I sort of assembled that joke in my brain as I went along. <laughs> so, sorry, folks. All right, Kyle. Well, I, I know you you you're always complaining about how there's nothing good on TV. So 
I got you this exceptionally, almost hilariously large box right here um, for you to... Uh, anyway, but, uh, open it. You'll, you'll see what I mean. <laughs> Dang, this is a large box. It's about six feet tall, about six feet wide. So I'll go ahead and tear the paper off and... Holy shit, this is a time-space visualizer. Yay! I, this is awesome, dude. I'm never going to run out of stuff to watch now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm probably just going to like live on your couch now because I want to watch the <laughs> time-space visualizer with you. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious... I'll have to like spend some time reading the the user manual because I'm curious like how the sort of direction works. Like, do we need to like dial in a specific like position of like, the camera, and or does the time space visualizer just kind of figure out from our general instructions what we want to watch, and like it'll like algorithmically pick like the best angles and edits and stuff, or like how does all that work? Well, uh, I think we can take a, a page from the doctor's book, which is definitely not an instruction manual, and not worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds good. Well, this actually segues really nicely into this next gift that I have for you, which is actually kind of a gift for both of us, but I'm going to cheat and say it's a gift for you. This is the gift of... A listener question, in fact. <laughs> hey, fellas, this is Jeff from Shattered Worlds RPG. Uh, what can I say? I really love your show. I love uh, both of you. You're funny, gentlemen. Um, let's see. I had some questions, so here they are. Uh, if you guys had a time-space visualizer, what moments in Earth history would you check out? Well, we have a time-space visualizer now, so... Wow. <laughs> how, how convenient. <laughs> so, first of all, thank you, Jeff, for sending in the question. That is a great question, and Thanks. I actually... Thanks, Jeff, from the Shattered Worlds RPG. I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, because it is a great question, but it's also kind of a tough question. The thing is, like, with the time-space visualizer, you, of course, don't actually, like travel to the place and interact with the thing you just get to like watch it on tv mm -hmm. so i would definitely follow in vicky's footsteps and watch some musical performances that would definitely include some beatles and you know i'm sure various other bands that i wouldn't get the chance to see otherwise i would also try to like watch some you know older musical performances like beethoven and and you know whatnot uh, maybe see some monk chanting and stuff. You, you can get that uh, via gramophone, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was also thinking that like, I'd want to do stuff like figure out who actually shot JFK and like, you know, unravel the whole conspiracy. I'd want to like go check out places that I wouldn't normally get access to, you know, from like, the employee break rooms at Disneyland to like fancy expensive <laughs> clubs or whatever, you know, like all the kind of behind the scenes and, and restricted area type stuff. Mm -hmm. I'd probably also like go watch some like filming of TV shows and movies and like see some behind the scenes stuff there. But then I was also 
I was thinking like basically you I'd never really get bored. Like there is literally pretty much infinite amount of stuff to watch on the time space visualizer. I was also thinking, and maybe we'll cut this, but <laughs> thinking about historic so like you can tell this is gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about the historic like research you could do. Like, did you ever wonder, for example, just how effective Lady Godiva's hair was as a cover-up during her famous ride? <laughs> uh, historical research, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, uh, h- hilariously, and again, we, we may cut this. Um, when you said do historical research with that look on your face, the first thing that popped into my mind was finding out whether Grigory Rasputin really did have such an enormous hog. So, <laughs> uh, once again, I think you and I are pretty much on the same page here. <laughs> These are important questions to be answered. Yes. So I know you've also had some time to think about this question. Um, yeah, and I, I'm a little mad that you went first because like my, my answer actually sort of parallels yours a little bit. Uh, not, not the looking <laughs> at historical people naked part, um, but um, like, so, so, so uh, yeah, I was thinking, okay, you've got a, a time-space visualizer, and maybe I'm taking this too seriously, you know, but you, you give me an opportunity like this, I am going to take it, and I am going to, you know, put way too much thought into it, because I, I love hypotheticals like this. Um, on the one hand, you don't want to, like, be looking at something uh, like a, a major historical event that you could just, like, watch on TV. Like, the, the moon landing would be cool to be there in person or to see it uh, in person, but we've all pretty much seen the moon landing, right? Like, we, we, right. we watched the video. Um, right. And ultimately with the, the TSV, you're watching something on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Is what but, it comes but down like to. you're saying, you're not, you're not actually there. You, you don't get to like interact with it at all. Um, and so, uh, the, the, the flip side of that is that you don't want to look at something that's like, I think too intimate, all, all joking about, you know, Rasputin's member aside, like, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, and wouldn't it be great to watch these two historical figures like getting it on or something? Because like that would feel, I mean, <laughs> that would feel pretty, <laughs> pretty like voyeuristic, you know, and, and invasive yeah. and like, you know, gross. Um, or, or even just like, you know, watching people in their private moments when they're when they're not like aware that they're being watched. It starts to feel very voyeuristic. So, um, yeah, for sure. There's. One historical event, and again, I'm a little mad I didn't get to go first, that I, I, I'm really kind of fascinated with is the time that the Beatles jammed with Elvis. Oh, um, yeah. Like, they, they they went over, the Beatles went over and visited Elvis's house, and they all sort of, like, you know, played on their instruments a bit, and... Um, there were other people there, like there were members of the the Memphis Mafia or whatever, like Elvis's buddies. Um, but uh, um, they specifically didn't record it; they didn't have any cameras there um, to to maintain that like chill vibe. But on the other hand, it wasn't like such a private thing that I would feel totally voyeuristic watching them. Um, right. and I just feel like it would be so fascinating to see that. Um, just this, this yeah. amazing moment in history that wasn't preserved, but I could, you know, be one of the, the few people um, to see that. Um, probably, probably veering a little bit into the voyeuristic side of things, but um, I mean, you, you, if you've got a time space visualizer, uh, 
at least at least everyone's got their pants on, right? <laughs> so yeah. Should we do like a another gift or two? Yeah, you know, uh, there are a few more boxes I think we can open. Um, like uh, I, I I I know that you've mentioned that you have like old computers that you that you want to um, at some point like you know access the files on um and so even though this gift was originally designed for the tardis maybe it'll work for you as well please please open it sweet this is the tardis's onboard fault locator let me just see if it works i will hook it up to my old computer here and yep sure enough it's registering a fault it says 2f 11C. Uh, here's the here's the book that you could have to look <laughs> things up in. <laughs> uh, cool. I'm, I'm glad that the book comes included with it. I was getting worried for a moment there that the gift was just going to be the fault locator. <laughs> 2F11C. Uh, yeah, it looks like I'm fucked. <laughs> uh, yeah, it says it says a, a button got. St- stuck down because the spring was broken. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I guess then it wouldn't. It wouldn't register a fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet! This is the more advanced fault locator that actually registers that there's a fault with the spring. <laughs> it's the 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 fault locator fault locator. <laughs> it's it's pretty meta. <laughs> They never did discuss what happens if there's a fault in the fault locator, did they? <laughs> Maybe it finds its own. I don't know. Well, I also have a gift for you that was that was originally developed for the TARDIS, but I think you might have some fun with it. Uh, I know that you you enjoy both geography as well as listening to music. And I know that you like looking at stars and stuff too. So I figured I would get you something that combines all of those into one gift. Amazing. <laughs> it's an astral map. That's also a space radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure you'll enjoy the astral map and the space radio features or aspects of this, but I've also hidden another gift inside of it. Oh, amazing. It's the isoptope. Just in case you ever come upon an animus. Fantastic. Um, every, every household should have one. And all right, let, let's let's just do one more, one one more, and then we'll call it good. Um, cool. So uh, I, I I feel like I, I keep getting you the the, the larger items um, because <laughs> you well, quite frankly, Kyle has the the larger house. Um, and, uh, this, this, this last one is a, another entertainment device. Um, so, uh, again, all, all BS aside, I, we are g- genuinely in the real world currently using, uh, Kyle's old TV. Um, <laughs> so it seemed only fair to, uh, to get you a replacement TV, even though I know you, you also have a TV, but, um, anyway, uh, here, here you go. Uh, completely ordinary television, um, Please turn it on and tell me what it, what you see on it. Cool. Let me just hook it up here, plug it in, and turn it on. Oh, oh, that's horrible. Oh, no. <laughs> what is this? 
Kyle, I fooled you. That is a thought TV. It shows what's, what you're thinking. Or possibly what I'm thinking. I'm not sure where this bit is going. Oh, yeah. Now it's now the picture's changing. Now I'm just seeing a bunch of walruses. And a penny farthing bicycle. <laughs> cool. Well, this, this should be a lot of fun. I think I will get a lot of use out of this thought TV. Excellent. I'm glad. Oh, shit. Speaking of TVs, look at the time. I think it is about time for that thing that we wanted to watch on regular TV. Oh, man. All right. I've, I've got a giant box of tissues here. I'm, I, I'm not sure if I'm prepared, but I'm as prepared as I'm ever going to be. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. Oh, I'm crying already. I'm crying already, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sounds like laughter, but it's, it's, it's crying. Here we are at the dock of the Royal Dockyards. This is the American reporter for the BBC. That's why I have an American accent. Reporting on the upcoming decommissioning ceremony of the good ship HMS Barbarian. Yes, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, and people of all genders. We are here at the dock for the decommissioning ceremony, and joining me is the uh, the American person from the BBC. Yes, um, looks like we've got quite a crowd here today, and it should be uh, lovely weather. Quite, quite a few people have turned up. It seems that this ship, the, this mighty flagship, um, was near and dear to many people's hearts. Indeed, indeed, there's quite the big crowd, and not only a big crowd of people, but there are also a lot of ships in attendance. I think the whole, pretty much the whole fleet is here. Uh, I can see, if you look over there, um, this is actually maybe my one of my favorite ships in the fleet. It's the the dark one, the black sails and the skulls and crossbones. Uh, I believe the name of the ship is Architecture After Dark. Yeah, so if you have any children in attendance, folks, you may want to cover their eyes. That's Dark Architecture After Dark sailing in over there. All right, then the next one coming up is has got a nice, clean design, um, looking very high-tech and has some interesting lighting. The sails are a little, uh, little retro for the design with colored plastic where you can see inside the circuits. Um, that is the, uh, the, the good ship Jobra. And I see that uh, Steve Jobs has brought his usual design aesthetic to it. Uh, yes, the good Jobra. I believe that that ship was named by a, a, a listener to some, what is this, a, a podcast? Uh, I'm not quite sure what that is, but somebody named Andy named the ship Jobra. So thank you, Andy. Well done, Andy. Excellent. Excellent work. I can see right there coming up behind Jobra is uh, another ship from the same manufacturer. This also has the Steve Jobs aesthetic and design. Another very clean ship. Uh, I've I've not sure I've ever seen ships with just white hulls before these two. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is the sticky, I believe. 
Well, I'll have to remember that if ever, ever, ever we have a Steve Vicky ship, the name Sticky is taken, which is most unfortunate that we wasted such an excellent and hilarious ship name on a one-time ship. But that's okay. Moving right along, um, <laughs> the, the final one in the Space Museum fleet is the Guardian. And I suspect we may be using that again if ever, uh, if ever even... No, actually, no, Ian's gone. We won't be using it again. This is the only one, folks. <laughs> Ship Guardian. Indeed, the Guardian and the one and only. And coming up just over on the other side of the Space Museum fleet, I see that we have this other fleet, which looks like it's from the 14th century, and there are quite a few ships in here. I, I can make out the Harbora, the Sir Ian Brahim, the Shabra, and that last one I'm I'm having trouble reading the name. Does it does that say Joanna Dean or does it say Safana? Possibly both. I can't make it out because we never actually arrived at one. Or possibly we did. <laughs> Don't correct us, folks. We're moving on. We also have the Web Planet Fleet. Yes, this next ship also has multiple names, possibly because it's one of those ships that uh, passed among many different owners, possibly just because we couldn't think of a good one. Is it the Barmoth? Is it the Mothbra? Perhaps it is Barstar. And also Vestian. Vestian's another ship. I don't know if this yeah, makes Vestian's any sense. Yeah, here too. <laughs> I know this bit is cringe, but it's almost over. Hang in there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple more groups of ships here. The the next one, the I can see that the Romans actually only sent one ship, but this is a ship with a little bit of history. It was originally named the Delian, and I believe it was co-captained by Ian and Delos, but then it had a, a brief run as the Bardelian before I believe this ship has actually been dissolved, and they must have put it back together specifically for this ceremony. I know, folks, it's a ghost ship. What? The Marie Curie? <laughs> the, 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 Alright, last group, folks. Um, sailing into harbor now is the Dalek occupation, possibly invasion of Earth fleet, and it's giving us the, uh, once again, a ship we couldn't decide on a name for. Maybe we should decide on more ship names next time, or perhaps we'll just do more <laughs> of this bullshit. It's the Jabra, or possibly the Barbeni, and sailing alongside it, the Larian, that was a good one, that was a good name, <laughs> and the, yeah, the Suvid, which was originally commissioned as the Suvidler, and um, yeah, we... Uh, what was it, Susan, David, and, David and, and yeah. Tyler? Yeah, and then Tyler... Yeah. Was kind of a jerk. Yeah, it didn't really pan out. That's all right. Well, folks, the entire fleet has arrived. They are here just in time for the ceremony, which is about to begin. I will also mention that, of course, for such a decommissioning ceremony as this, we have brought in one of the largest pieces of industrial equipment on the planet, this incredibly large crane. I'm sure you all know what that will be used for. Yes, that's quite a crane there, folks. That's quite a crane. You really have to tilt your head back real far to look up and see that crane. Why, you'd almost say you had to...
Uh, I'm sorry, folks. We had a little audio trouble there. I'm not sure if the microphone picked that up. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, I, I hear the drum line. I think the ceremony is, is beginning. Yep, if you look down there, you can see is that I think three Royal Navy officers carrying a cushion, and if you look closely, you can see on the cushion a champagne bottle, which has been painstakingly reassembled for the ceremony. This is, in fact, of course, the original bottle that was broken over the Barbarian's hull during its commissioning. Yes, they, they put it back together. An amazing work of engineering. Indeed, it is really a wonder what the Royal Navy can accomplish these days. How they got every every drop of champagne back in there, I will never understand. And uh, as uh, it makes no sense, please don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the marvel of engineering. <laughs> I might just call it that. Exactly. They, they've reached the end of the platform. They are placing the champagne bottle on the special dais that has been raised at the end of this dock reaching out into the bay. Very fancy. That looks like a delicious bottle of champagne. Indeed. I believe this is the 1837 vintage. Cool. <laughs> I made that up. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, and uh, as the... The royal guard who carried the champagne bottle out returns to their positions. We can see, if you look over at the barbarian itself, the ship's sails are all being furled and stowed away. If you listen closely, you can hear the hatches being closed and sealed. And, oh, look, here, here comes the crew marching down the gangplank. Oh, good. They all got off safe and sound. I wasn't sure what direction we were taking this. <laughs> good, good, good to see them all. They're, they're looking in high spirits, and maybe uh, maybe the champagne has something to do with that. Indeed. I, I do believe that, of course, you know, they, they all could not partake of the champagne in this bottle itself, as that was required for the ceremony, but copious other bottles of champagne have been made available. Also using the original champagne from when it was launched. <laughs> don't, don't ask how that was recycled, <laughs> folks. <laughs> <laughs> and here we have the crew marching down. I can see, of course, the crew is led by the hosts of whatever this this podcast thing was that we weren't quite sure. Anyway, I, I believe their names are Kyle and Benny. Yes, look at them over there. What a good-looking couple of young men. Indeed. Maybe not the, so young these days. <laughs> the, the most handsome podcast hosts I have ever seen in my entire life as a BBC reporter. <laughs> and, and who's that coming down behind them? I don't remember this bit. Hold on, let me scroll through. <laughs> um, uh, well, you suggested that it was going to be the listeners. Oh. Like the, <laughs> the crew would be awesome, the listeners. I see, I see my comment now over here on the side. <laughs> Why, it's the listeners of the podcast. I'd say there's at least 
Four of them. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a couple dozen. Four dozen. And now that the crew is all disembarked, it is time for the lowering of the flags from the ship. There are several flags flying, and they all must be safely lowered and removed and folded. They're starting with the Coal Hill School flag. Now they are lowering the, the flag that represents the actual ship HMS Barbarian itself. And then the White Ensign, of course, and the Union Jack are both lowered and removed. Excellent. Well... Those will be stored forever in perpetuity in a museum somewhere. Or watch for the money bay <laughs> in like five minutes. Indeed. Now, I believe at this point, the ship's captain is the only person aboard. It is up to the captain to perform this final task. As you see the crane g come into action... We watch as the crane rotates and positions itself above the ship, and we see some very heavy chains being lowered down from the crane. Will you describe to the viewers what the captain is doing with these chains? Looks like the captain is attaching those chains to anchor points throughout the ship. Why, if the, those, the size of those chains and the size of that crane is any indication, I'd say this ship is due for a trip. Indeed. I believe the anchor points are all attached now as the captain is disembarking, and the captain is safely off the ship, and now the crane is really going into action. Holy shit, I never thought I would see this, but there it goes. The HMS Barbarian is being lifted out of the water. A huge gasp goes up in the crowd. People are lifting their heads. Oh, they're, they're, they're pointing... People are holding their hats on their heads as they look up to keep them from falling off. Hats are falling off heads anyway, folks. It's an amazing sight watching this giant ship lifted entirely out of the water. That's right, entirely out of the water, folks, by this massive crane. The huge chains are straining. They're straining as they're taking the weight, but they're holding on, folks. They're built strong. They're built as strong as the good ship barbarian itself, folks, and they're lifting it out of the water. Oh, what an amazing sight. What an amazing sight to see this enormous ship. Now, swung over, swung over land. Yeah, that's right, folks. They've cleared the crowd out of the way, and they've swung the entire ship out of the water, over land. And it's just dangling, folks. It's dangling over the land. It's an amazing sight to see as it approaches the dais, the dais we mentioned earlier with the champagne bottle. Oh, people are, flash bulbs are going off. There's cameras in the audience. I don't know what year this is taking place. Possibly video cameras as well. <laughs> oh, I don't, we never, we didn't think this far ahead. It's an amazing <laughs> sight though. You're definitely going to remember it in black and white or possibly in color. <laughs> Breathtaking to behold as the back of the ship who, that has a particular nautical term that I'm forgetting at the moment, is raised up with the bow of the ship pointing down. And it is raising and raising and raising, and the ship is now completely vertical. It is pointing straight down, suspended directly above the champagne bottle. And the moment is about to come, folks, the moment you have all been waiting for. You could hear a pin drop, folks. You could hear a pin drop in this crowd. Everyone's holding their breath, but I don't think you'll need to look for a pin, folks, because... because... 
the 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 chains the the chains are being released. Here comes the barbarian, folks, and it hits the champagne bottle a perfect drop. This is, of course, in the time-honored tradition of the British Navy to break the bottle of champagne over the bow of the ship on commissioning and break the bow of the ship over the bottle of champagne on decommissioning. We would like to thank the brave and intrepid crew of the Hood for originating this tradition. I, I, I might just leave the silence in the episode so that the audience could truly appreciate the immense amount of time that we spent on that, just setting up that one joke. <laughs> the huge amount of time and effort. <laughs> Don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell your friends to listen to uh-huh. our podcast. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. We only do episodes like this once per season. (laughs) Uh... Hey, how's the episode so far? You can share your thoughts by emailing us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweeting us at drwatcher. If you're enjoying our little podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes. And now... Let's get back to the episode. Ah, yes, the Barbarian. What a good ship she was. What a fine old ship. Oh, not a not a Indeed, the Barbarian. Not a, the Barbarian will always sail in my heart. Not a dry eye in the audience, folks. Look at that. Men, women, people of all genders just weeping openly like babies. Babies also weeping like babies. Toddlers weeping like grown adults weeping like babies. And people... Wait a minute. What's this? Is that an explosion I heard? People are looking around. There's a huge murmuring that goes up in the crowd. Someone's pointing. Yes, someone's shouting. They're looking at it across the bay. Looks like the ships are moving. The, the, the ships that came for the decommissioning. Oh, further, further explosions. I see cannonballs flying. I see shells. Um, I see whatever I see the smoke. ships in Flame the 14th rising. century used. <laughs> <laughs> I think they use cannonballs still. Probably... Probably cannonballs. It's hard to see from here. I mean, if we couldn't make out the names of the ships, we can't see what they're firing either. Uh, In any case, it seems to be a huge battle. A battle royale. I do believe it was the the Bardelian that fired the first shot. Yes, and it it looks like it, it it's put a hole s- straight through the uh, the Larian. Oh, there it goes. Sunk right to the bottom, the Larian. Oh, but the Jarbra or Barbeni is taking revenge on on the Bardelian, and oh. there it goes. Down to the briny depths. Down with all hands. Ah... <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now the Restian, oh, what a brave ship, what a good ship. The Restian is firing on the Guardian. It caught the Guardian completely unawares, broadsides, holding it onto the waterline, and it's sinking fast. You may even say it was caught off guard. <laughs> yes, you may, Kyle. Uh, I forget, are we still our, our personas as these reporters? All right, well, maybe, I should, maybe I should put more effort into this reporter voice then. 
Yes. <laughs> there, there goes the Guardian. And next I see the Jobra is firing, and it looks like the Jobra is firing on the Harbra. There can only be one bra ship, apparently. <laughs> and there goes the Harbra into the harbor. No, no time to think about that pun too long, folks. Looks like the architecture after dark just sailed in between the Bar Star and the Joanna Dean Safana. Two broadsides and they're both sinking. Wow, what an amazing... Um... Seamanship? <laughs> From the architecture no, after dark. Oh, but now Sticky is turning on Jobra. They're fighting it out, but in fact it looks like Jobra has defeated Sticky. Alright, well, um, hard to see what's going on out there. There's a, a, a lot of a lot of smoke being put up by those cannons. Yes, the cannons of the Vrestian are, are firing again. I can hear it. Oh, the entire Shebra just detonated. Um, must have hit its powder kegs. Oh, it's taken the Sir Ian Rahim with it. Oh, what a massive fireball just illuminating the harbor now. Not the harbor, that already sang. <laughs> but, oh, as they sink, I can see behind them, we have the Jabra Barbany taking on the Sue Viddler. And, oh, there it goes. It looks like the Jabra Barbany is the, the only remaining ship of the Dalek fleet. Now, Vestian is turning. It's turning on the Jabra Barbeni. Yes, it looks like it's successfully crossed the T, and it is firing, firing on the Jabra Barbeni. And, oh, there it goes. Oh, what an excellent ship. And, but while it was maneuvering, the architecture after dark has gotten up behind it. Oh, and it's, they're, they're swinging over, um... Because I think we established that they're possibly pirates. I, I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, yes, they, they're, they're swarming aboard and they've taken it over. The Architecture After Dark crew is now in control of the Jabra Barbeni. And the two ships, oh, there they go. They have sunk both the Vrestian and the Jobra. Amazing. I do believe that that leaves the Architecture After Dark as the best ship now that barbarian is decommissioned <laughs> uh, cool well that was really something Benny. i had a great time watching that ceremony i did go through a lot of tissues during the actual ceremony itself but man that that battle at the end was pretty gripping yes um yep <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, here's another listener question. Thanks, Jeff. In the chase, the heroes go underground and it got me thinking, why don't they carry flashlights? So often they're in the dark and they don't have flashlights, but for some reason, TV magic, I guess we can't see them. So I I'm wondering like, because they don't have flashlights, can they see in the dark? It, if we can see them, does that mean they can't? see or they can see each other and how far can they see this is confusing maybe you can fix it for me <laughs> well um i think if you if you check the rule book um then you'll notice that none of the characters are actually human that's right <laughs> they have dark vision <laughs> which uh gives them um the ability to see in the dark out to 60 feet <laughs> 
Yeah, that was also my answer. They have dark vision. <laughs> I figured uh, if you get the the supplemental rule books, the TARDIS actually has a passive effect where oh, once you've spent an hour inside of it, <laughs> the TARDIS attunes to you and grants you a few abilities, including dark vision. I, I, I was thinking something along the lines of it. Well, they think that the doctor's human, but he's you know we know we know now that he's <laughs> um, he's uh, Gallifreyan. Um, so if they, they're just assuming everyone's human, but, <laughs> but they're actually like, you know, orcs or something. Right. But yeah, I, I figured it was the TARDIS attunement, which also plants kind of a, a virtual babblefish in your brain and wires it up to both your audio processing and your speech production regions. <laughs> it's very convenient. I think, I think there's, something, there's something about that in, in some that actually kind of becomes canon at some point. Maybe. Yeah, I think I, I think something like that <laughs> is eventually canon. I don't think I fully made that up myself. Yeah. Well, I also have another question from Jeff. Oh, thanks, Jeff. And uh, last one. Uh, there's a moment where Ian pretends to be a Dalek as like a goof. And uh, it seems to me one of the most terrible things he's ever pulled in this season. I wonder... Uh, what are your thoughts? I would have fired him right there, but um, yeah, what do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, that's when he's in the he's in the Dalek time machine and he he does like uh-huh. a Dalek voice. <laughs> yeah, before he comes out of it, I think I probably would have just called him a dork, and I probably would have tried to think of like a minor harmless prank to pull on him later. Like maybe I'd take one of the Brussels sprouts food bricks and put it in like the bacon and eggs food brick wrapper and then give it to him. Oh, wow. Uh, cruel, cruel. Yeah, I guess, I guess I, mean, I, I, I can see Jeff's point because it's kind of like if, if we're treating the Daleks as a serious threat, um, <laughs> then convincing someone that this dangerous alien that wants to kill them is coming after them and, and uh-huh. you know, has them dead to rights. It's, it's, it's pretty scary stuff. But yeah, but fortunately, I think our heroes are people of action. They're made of sterner stuff. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, I think if that were me, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty terrified. But um, yeah. our heroes are, as people of action, they're, they're made of sterner stuff. And, yeah, maybe, maybe just a, a little Brussels sprouts, um, Brussels sprout food, food brick uh, prank would, would suffice. <laughs> Not much point in firing Ian when it's like he was, he was like, about to quit, but <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe that's he true. Get the benefits. <laughs> uh, he he wanted the that uh, that the TARDIS goodie bag that you get if you leave on good terms, <laughs> right? All the the, the 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 free swag the doctor gives you. Not, not yeah, that they really can... left on that good terms. I'm I'm guessing <laughs> that the doctor probably like, the doctor probably took out the, the the nice things like the the little TARDIS shaped drink koozie or something. Just yeah. left the pen in the notebook. <laughs> I wonder what kind of reference the doctor will provide Ian for future jobs. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> well, cool. I think next on our agenda is the episode title Hall of Fame. Yes. I have to switch documents here because I did create a list. As you know, listeners, we are fans of episode titles of Doctor Who. They're often quite good. So we have each 
separately assembled lists of Hall of Fame nominees. We have not seen each other's lists yet. So I think because I accidentally showed mine to Kyle, but then I quickly removed it from the document. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he saw it, but he's pretending. No. If, if he did, he's doing a good job of convincing me, convincing me that he didn't. I actually didn't. I <laughs> see. The I document convincing. <laughs> <laughs> the document probably said I was in it, but that's because I just always had it open in a tab. I don't know. I wasn't looking at it. And whatever she said, so I was thinking we could each just read our list of nominees and then go from there all righty uh should i go first sure all right these are i mean we had a lot of good ones this season also it's funny going back like seeing that planet of giants was still in this uh was this, this season. season like my gosh this is a long ass <laughs> season uh-huh. um i mean the, the planet of giants was the name of the serial but it was also the name of the episode so hell <laughs> what, what a good what a good title what a good good name for an episode let's start there planet of giants um that was my, my only one from that serial then from the Dalek invasion crossed out occupation of Earth, um, world's end, day of reckoning, the end of tomorrow. The rescue only had two episodes and neither had particularly good titles. Um, the Romans had some okay titles, but uh, of those, I think the only one that in my mind is Hall of Fame worthy is inferno man sometimes like i mean i, I know nice. i like longer ones like the end of tomorrow day of reckoning but like sometimes ah oh, just just one word and it's like it's inferno man and you know it's talking about the day that rome burned which is also like a historically significant event then you got the, the web planet uh um serial although in my mind the the web planet just is the the name of the episode nah, maybe not hall of fame worthy however escape to danger Still love it. I mean, I said it at the time, like, you you want to escape from danger, but escape to danger, <laughs> that, that gets me. I want to know what, I want to know what happens in that episode. And yeah, then Crater totally. of Needles, every, I think literally every time you said that the Crater of Needles came up in the episode, I think almost every time, maybe every time, I was like, oh, the Crater of Needles, that's so rad. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love, I love that name. So uh, then the, the, um, we have uh, the Crusade uh, serial. In which my favorites were, the, my favorite titles were The Lion, The Knight of Jaffa, The Wheel of Fortune, and The Warlords. Guess what, folks? There were four episodes in that serial, and every single one in my mind is Hall of Fame worthy. They were really good. <laughs> nice. Uh, then you got the Space Museum serial, and who doesn't love a good space museum? So that's the first one on the list for me uh, for the Space Museum serial is the episode, The Space Museum, and then also The Dimensions of Time. So good. The Dimensions of Time, that's what we're here for. Doctor Who, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, then let's see. The Chase serial. Um, to me, the, the Hall of Fame worthy ones in this list were The Executioners. Come on, come on. <laughs> the Death of Time. Uh, freaking like, oh, what's his name? I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. There. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Um, <laughs> no, this isn't, this isn't Dennis Spooner. This is, this is the, the, the Dalek guy. Um, um, yeah. Uh, Terry Nation. Terry Nation. Gosh dang it. How did I forget Terry Nation? Always good. Always good titles, Terry Nation. Um, Flight Through Eternity. Anyway, sorry, let me start over. The Executioners, The Death of Time, Flight Through Eternity, Journey into Terror, The Death of Doctor Who. 
in my mind, those are all Hall of Fame worthy. So literally the only one on that list is the last one that I didn't put as Hall of Fame worthy, which was the Planet of Decision, which was like, yeah, planets are cool. Who wants to make decisions? <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> I made the decision to leave off the Planet of Decision. That's and fair. The, the, the last the last serial was the Time Meddler, which unfortunately was not the name of the, one of the episodes. It would have been Hall of Fame worthy if it was. But to me, the Meddling Monk and a Battle of Wits, um, both both good. I mean, not not just for the the Princess Bride like connection, but Battles of Wits always like you must you want to know who's, who's got the more wits. And then Meddling Monk monks they're not supposed to meddle. They're supposed to be like I don't know chanting or something. <laughs> this is meddling. I want to know why. I'm compelled. That's cool. So nice. a lot of them. I think I don't know. I didn't count. I think I marked like half of them, <laughs> or possibly more than half of them. <laughs> uh, how about your list, Kyle? Um, well, I'm glad that you went first. My list is quite a bit shorter. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not sure if I was. I must have been, you know, in in a pretty discerning mood the day that I made that list because <laughs> I was looking over. <laughs> I was looking over I, all I, the titles. I, I, I need you to please. <laughs> Sorry, God, go ahead. <laughs> I was looking over the, all all the titles, and I was like, you know, I thought these were good, but as a whole, they they kind of underwhelmed me on on that particular day. Although, I think if I were to do it in this moment, I'd probably end up with a list like yours. But well, here we are, you know, in our cozy <laughs> holiday sweaters around uh -huh. the the fire with our our presents unwrapped. And the sound of possibly public domain holiday music playing in the background. <laughs> so right now, of course, with our, our hearts aglow, we, we uh -huh. want to give everything a little, slightly higher rating. <laughs> public domain music and or public domain fireplace noises. <laughs> uh, yes, our, our, our public domain fire sounds exactly like public domain fireplace noises. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Kyle, I'm wasting time. Please, what are your what are your picks? <laughs> um, so I had I only picked six, and I let's see how should I do this. First, I will say the one of mine that was not on your list, which is that I decided to pick Planet of Decision. Um, oh, interesting decision. Yeah, I think it it just felt very evocative to me. You know the the planet of decision. Like, what do they decide there? Turns out it it was Ian and Barbara deciding to leave the show. I guess that was the only real decision that ended up happening on the planet of decision. But <laughs> nah, that makes sense. I thought it was an evocative title. Okay. So my other five were all on your list. So I guess since we both picked them, that mean that makes them the winners. Do, 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 do. All right, get, get, give us the list, Kyle. Give us our five new Hall of Famers. Our five new episode title Hall of Famers are World's End. Mm, good one. Yeah, I thought it was snappier than the end of the world, which is like the more common way to say that. Mm-hmm. 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 The End of Tomorrow, again, snappier than The End of the World. Mm -hmm. Escape to Danger. <laughs> yes, that, that, that one's really like a cut above. Uh-huh. The Dimensions of Time. Love it. And our final new Hall of Famer, Journey into Terror. Uh, that one just got such a good like B, B movie or, or like pulp paperback type of type of sound to it yeah 
And then I, I think not, not just... Even, not even the death of Doctor Who, though, Kyle? I was, I was about to say, like, in this moment, I didn't write this on my list, but I'm going to throw the death of Doctor Who in there as well. Okay, thank you. That's a good one. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> like, what, 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 what are we doing here? <laughs> it's such a great title, and, like, they used it in season two. Like, that's pretty bold to to use up that such a great title so early that, that's that's why the show has lasted as long as it has because they can't kill them <laughs> off now uh-huh. <laughs> i should say you can't kill them off because of course you know later on we have we have not just uh, the the bunch of dudes but we did we have had one one lady so far right well two if you count uh i forget how they refer to her but there's a another previous incarnation of the doctor that jody whitaker runs into that was that was also a woman oh yeah <laughs> i i wasn't counting that incarnation because i didn't know <laughs> about that one <laughs> uh i mean I, I i only i only occasionally watch the modern episodes um i feel like i should you know next time next time i'm over at your house or something we should watch a couple you can show me some of the good ones yeah that'd be fun I've i'm hardly almost any caught up on the, them um, Peter Capaldi ones. I don't think I've seen any of the the uh, Jodie Whittaker ones. Well, we will discuss them in like <laughs> like twenty fifty two or so. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, um, I think now that we've talked about the titles of the episodes of the serials, it's time to talk about the serials themselves and give them all ratings. So, Indeed, um, I think we said this time we're just going to start in the beginning, like do them uh, chronologically in the the order they were aired, and right. just talk last about season our, our we, ratings yeah. and our reasons. Yeah, last season we went tier by tier, but we're going to go serial by serial this time. Yeah, no spoilers. You can't you can't just see what we've left off to see what's going to be higher rated. So starting with Planet of Giants, mm-hmm. I I thought this one was pretty fun. It was not too long. It was kind of a different type of adventure than we had typically gotten up to that point. It had a lot of fun, cheap special effects. So, yeah, all that together, I ended up putting this on the A tier. Dang. All right, Kyle. Um, I I love the idea of it, I think. Um, I love the, uh, you know, that they're, 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 they're tiny and they're like interacting with the, interacting with the giant world. So you got like, oh, it's a giant earthworm. It's the big ants. But then, you know, as a budget saving measure, most of those were, were dead because of the, the um, insecticide, pesticide, right. whatever. No, insecticide. I guess it would be insecticide. Anyway, uh, most of them were dead because of the insecticide. Uh, and yeah, that insecticide plot was was not really. It, it was it was too convoluted. It was like weirdly dark with like the literal murder that takes place. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's and, true, and, and un- unnecessarily convoluted for a three episode serial. And um, yeah, uh, m- and maybe it's one of these things where when I was coming up with my ratings, you know, I, we we weren't sitting in front of the fire holding our our holiday beverages. Um, and uh and and wearing our holiday sweaters but i i I put it a c tier that's fair i i was kind of wavering between a and b cool um well you you went first that time so let me go first for the next one um for the dalek invasion crossed out occupation of earth um i remember last time uh for the uh the, the dalek serial of season one um 
I said Daleks S tier. Um, and I think that this cereal was even better than the, that uh, cereal. <laughs> um, so S tier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's good. It's got the, the Daleks, you know, we, they're, they're here on Earth. It's the future. Um, you get your, your YA novel uh, love triangle with Susan. Um, you, you know, we, we, we say goodbye to Susan, which eh, we don't love every aspect of it, but it's, it, it's, it's still like, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta respect the emotional resonance, I guess. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, it was a moving farewell scene. Yeah. Yeah. It was touching. Um, you, you got a lot of good Dalek action. You had that weird monster creature um whose name i'm i'm having trouble remembering right now what was it like weird blobby thing um the slither i think <laughs> something like that uh it, it was a good series. s tier yeah this was a gripping story you know definitely more than season one the daleks serial it was pretty dark and gritty at times um I can, you know, I can definitely understand why a generation of British youth were terrified of the Daleks, you know, if they were watching this when they were little kids. My my only real not even complaints, but the only thing that I wish was a bit different about this serial was that I wish it was a bit shorter so you could watch it in one sitting. I think it's too long to watch it in one sitting. So I think four episodes would have been perfect, but that's not enough to knock it down off of S tier. This is S tier. Hell yes. Hell yes. Next up, we had The Rescue, which, of course, was our introduction to Vicky. This also featured a pretty cool crashed spaceship model. There is an interesting little mystery with Coquillian and stuff. Uh, I guess I was... I had moved on from my discerning mood of the episode <laughs> Hall of Fame titles and was in a more of a, a charitable mood when I did these. <laughs> I almost put it into A tier, but it felt just a little bit more like a B, and I didn't want to make everything A's, so B tier. Um, yeah, uh, for, for pretty much the same reasons, B tier. Um, Coquillian was kind of cool. It was a very goofy costume. Um and, you know, it, with only two episodes to work with, they didn't have, like, a whole lot of time to, like, develop the plot. And it really felt like they were just trying to, like, you know, toss something together to introduce Vicky. But it, it was still fun for what it was. And a solid, entertaining, very brief serial. So, B-tier. Which brings us to the Romans. Which was a problematic fave, as we said throughout <laughs> this serial. Um... I mean, you know, it was very much for obvious reasons. Even in the 60s, they thought slavery was bad. So the the the, the slave traders, um, well, it was you know, an episode called The Slave Traders, uh, very much shows that, that, that these people, the, the enslavers are, are bad. But then, you know, you also get like stuff like the, the bit when Nero is chasing Barbara around. Uh, <laughs> And that, that, that really does seem to be just very much played for, for comedic uh, value and not really, in, uh, yeah, taking that as seriously as maybe a, a scene like that could have been or should have been. Um, 
but but it, it has like it has good action um some you know interesting things for the characters to do um some of those ships were like the the delian ship um i think is still like one of one of my favorite uh ships from this season um <laughs> the, the bit where they have to like fight each other in the arena um i'm thinking the right ship right delos was the other guy who was like fighting in the yeah. arena right yeah yeah okay. The, the the bit where they have to fight each other in the arena, but like you know, then they like turn on their captors. Like that's obviously not. It wasn't meant as ship material, but if this was a ship, I mean, <laughs> like you know, if we could see it as a ship with our, our ridiculous modern uh, Doctor's Watcher ship goggles on or whatever, like mm, mm, chef's kiss. Mwah. <laughs> um, so I knocked it down to B tier. Anyway, I've been talking a while. Knocked it down to B tier for the problematicness. I I, I really didn't feel good going higher than B, but it nevertheless had, had quite a lot going for it anyway. So, um, pros and cons ended up on B tier. Yeah. I, I feel largely the same about this one. I thought the serial was a lot of fun. It's got, you know, not only the great Delian ship, but it also has a lot of great barbarian moments. It's interesting to see Vicky and the doctor kind of start to work out their character dynamic with each other. I thought it was, it was really interesting how like the doctor kind of starts to toy with the idea of maybe we can change history, you know, in like the Aztecs and stuff, he was pretty clear with Barbara, like you can't change things. So don't even try. But in this one, like he inspires Nero to burn Rome and like pretty clearly he did that, whether he denies it or not. So (laughs) I thought that was kind of fun that he's, you know, starting to starting to change things and meddle a little bit himself, but like kind of denying that he's doing that meddling. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to more meddling uh, later <laughs> uh, on in the season. So yeah, it was it was a really fun serial. It did definitely have problematic bits, and yeah, so I would agree, B tier. Also on my B tier is the Web Planet. This was a a pretty long serial. There were parts of it that kind of felt like they weren't really going anywhere. But there were also some fun and cool and interesting aliens and a weird sci-fi adventure. Um, You all heard a a little bit of the Zarbi beeping on this podcast uh, I have heard a lot we, more we, of it. We, we couldn't, we couldn't, read, <laughs> we couldn't read the serial without talking uh-huh. about the beeping. Honestly, if it if it weren't for the beeping, I might have put it on A tier. I'm not sure because it it was a bit long and got you know kind of slow. So I'm not sure if I would have put it on A tier without the beeping or not. But with the beeping, it's a pretty solidly B tier. I think. Yep, yep. I I also had it on B tier. B for beeping. <laughs> um, it had some great goofy costumes you know it was just sort of a, a wacky adventure um i do think that um some of it got like unnecessarily um complicated with like the various characters moving around to different places and all trying to reach the the animus um and, and then there was like the, the various plans that they were trying to do which didn't quite like they didn't execute them quite the way that they planned them for some reason um, <laughs> uh-huh. maybe some of that was like us not following really what was going on but also like the episode i think made it unnecessarily complex but nevertheless 
with the the Monoptera and the Optera and the I think that's what they're called and then the the Zarbi like yeah, lo- love it that that stuff's great just good good yeah. goofy schlocky pulpy sci fi fun um, fun for the kids uh, so be here um, then this uh, this next one I had um, also 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 a problematic fave this is the Crusade. Um, it, we had some problematic stuff with like um, Safadin. Um, we had some problematic stuff with um, oh, what was the guy who with uh, with the harem? Um, um, what was, what um, was it? El Yeah, yeah, El Akir. Um, just uh, very much the the depiction of some Middle Eastern stereotypes. Um, that there was the one guy who was like this thief type dude um uh we we uh ibrahim i think was that yeah the, the ian brahim ship uh, i remember characters <laughs> names based on our ship names um so i feel like all those things were, were pretty problematic and i i i lowered the the rating for that um but like who, who who doesn't want to see Ian as as Sir Ian of Jaffa? Um, who who doesn't like find the, the this um, overall plot compelling with like Ian um, going out and like trying to to rescue Barbara? Barbara is like herself. Like I mean, you know, Ian going out and rescue Barbara is like maybe getting a bit like wait, hold on a second. But then like Barbara also is like breaking out and like right. you know doing doing her own thing and then like you know we get some kind of wacky hijinks going on with the doctor <laughs> um and uh, the stuff where he's like you know stealing clothes or whatever um and so i think that was this one yeah now now that i forgot once which one was which the the, the stealing clothes i think that that was yeah that one, was right? that was the crusade okay 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 so um yeah so i think honestly i think it, it, this was I just you know it has it had action it had like you know drama it had like some cute ship stuff um I, I think I might have considered it uh, S tier if it weren't for the the problematic elements. But as it was, I still gave it A tier. Like problematic, but but A tier. All right, I I thought this one was pretty fun. Um, I I would agree with pretty much all the points you made. Um, I I enjoyed the idea of Ian being a knight. I enjoyed the various shippy moments, whether they were intended or not. <laughs> uh, you know, there's some some fun adventures, but I I don't know. I felt like at this point we've had multiple serials where the plot boils down to Doctor Who and his companions go to history times and meet some famous history people and have a minor history adventure before Gene TFO. Uh huh. And like, and that's you love fun, it, right? It's but it's getting time, right? <laughs> It's a bit old. All right. So yeah, I don't know. I put this on B tier. All right, that's fair. The Space Museum, our next serial, was a lot of fun to go along for the ride of, and as long as you're not thinking about the plot too hard, uh, especially there in that first episode when they haven't like <laughs> arrived yet at the space museum. But yeah, it was a, it was a fun ride to go along for sure. I, I quite enjoyed it. 
Um, also, of course, it has Vicky helping a bunch of oppressed Steve Jobses revolt against their enslavers. And I'm always here for that. So, yeah, I put this on the A tier. I, I too put it as A tier. It, it was fun. Um, I, I loved, you know, hearing about the various stuff in the, the Space Museum. Um, it, it had just some good like wacky sci-fi bits like i mean you know the, the the whole we haven't arrived yet thing was was kind of ridiculous but but very entertaining um and i i really like the uh the, the thought tv um and uh yeah it it, it it was fun um i think it didn't have like any any single thing to really push it all the way up to to s tier but but it was it was a good one um all right, cool. So the, the next one was The Chase. The Chase, um, yeah. Another Dalek one. Maybe, and maybe, maybe the day will come when I don't give a Dalek serial S tier, but that day is not today, S tier. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one, it, it had, I, I think, you know, Kyle, you pointed out that it sort of combined some of Terry Nation's past strengths because it had that whole like anthology feel to it where they were like, different bits that happened um and and that maybe it made the, the serial a little a little long and um you were saying earlier that some of these are hard to sit through in one sitting and that's that's true for this one but it also means that you know you can skip stuff but also like if you skip some of the the um filler episodes then you might skip alabama man and <laughs> oh boy uh i mean you know if daleks get s tier then so does alabama man <laughs> any, any cereal where he, he appears should just get that S tier because um, hooey, we don't get episodes like this in Alabama. No, sir. <laughs> um, and Daleks. And, and you know, the um, you had Finny Nudists. You had those like Meyer Beasts, I think. Mm -hmm. You had you had the the weird fungus creatures. You had the the mechanoids. Um, it was good. It was a good time. S tier. So in my notes, I have down A tier for this one. I wrote the introduction of Alabama Man almost elevates this to S tier in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. My initial shock uh, has, has has worn off. Um, <laughs> I thought, you know, this was a really fun adventure. I I liked going to all the different locations, even though like at least an episode and a half of it didn't really matter at all. It was never boring. Plus, it was a Dalek serial and it was the final voyage of the HMS Barbarian. So I don't know. Should I make it S tier? Yeah, fuck it. This is S tier. Hell yes. <laughs> uh Nice. And our final serial of the season, of course, was The Time Meddler. Doctor Who and his companions go to history times and don't meet anyone particularly famous historically, and they have a decidedly sci-fi adventure before Gene TFO. A little, little twist on the formula there. Yeah, we've never had, like, proper sci-fi mixed into our history times adventures before, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Plus, it was cool to see another TARDIS. It was cool to encounter another person from the Doctor's backstory that we don't really know anything about yet. Um, 
I'm not sure if the doctor stranding the monk in 1066 was actually a good idea because he can still do a lot to fuck with history. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he still has his atomic cannon and a bunch of missiles and shit. But I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's like not motivated to do it anymore because he can't like skip forward through time to see the long term results of his changes. But anyway, I thought this was a fun adventure. It was a new type of story. A tier. Um, yeah, I, I liked it too. Um, I, I did have to dock at points. This is another problematic one. Um, and this one, you know, uh, dealt with, um, the, the Vikings sexually assaulting a character, which, um, we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and dock at a few points for that one. Um, yeah, once again, this is a kid's show and, uh, <laughs> who knows if there even was a memo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it had it had good stuff. The 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 monk was, I think, an interesting character, an interesting foil to our heroes. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's interesting to see another time traveler, um, someone who who knows what the TARDIS is and and what's going on. Um, I felt like I don't know he he didn't. I felt like the 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 monk never really seemed like a that big of a threat to our heroes like i feel like we we they had him um kind of they, they captured him i think in the third episode and then the fourth one they just kind of like you know sick the the villagers on him to, to chase him and the vikings around for a bit um mm -hmm. so i feel like they could have done maybe a little bit more with it i just gave it beat here it was fun that's it was fair fun though, but yeah not not amazing um solid Cool. Yeah, I thought on the whole this is a, a pretty solid season. I I guess I never went lower than B tier. Well, I did. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty good season. I did, I did go back and watch some of the episodes um, after we recorded episodes on them. So, um, like, I, I had to watch the uh, the death of Doctor Who with the uh, the Doctor's duplicate fighting the Doctor. Yeah. Um, it really is very strange to me that in the shots where it's just the duplicate, they didn't have um, William Hartnell play the duplicate. Sometimes it's the other <laughs> guy. <laughs> uh -huh. like, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe just because, you know... It's it's more convenient to you know you have to spread out your acting among multiple characters, multiple actors. I don't, who knows? Um, that was a fun one though, and I uh, I, I watched the uh, the one with the uh, the haunted house. Um, oh, that's a fun that one. Was a, a, a fun, goofy, good time. So yeah. yeah, cool. Well, so I have. One more message to play from our listener, Jeff. And yeah, here it is. Uh, anywho, I guess, I guess that'll do it. Um, thanks for doing this wonderful show. And I can't wait to hear the next one. And the next one after that. And 17 years later, we'll be all caught up. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Jeff. And thanks. I mean, Jeff, Jeff is one of the listeners who like regularly interacts with us on Twitter as well. Um, and we, we do appreciate that. Uh, it, 
it, I mean, it, it, this is fun. I love I love meeting with Kyle and talking about Doctor Who and just you know goofing off for a while. But um, knowing that we have listeners who are enjoying it um, along with us and to you know get online and and uh, exchange kind of goofs with us, <laughs> you know, joke around a bit about the the ridiculousness of this all. I think that, that <laughs> makes it that much more fun. Yeah, you know, I started doing this because I wanted an excuse to watch Doctor Who. And <laughs> I continued doing it because people actually seem to listen to and enjoy it. Excellent. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if it weren't for all you listeners. So, yeah. Thank you, Jeff, for the questions. Thank you for the to the other listeners who sent in ideas and suggestions that we've incorporated into this episode and also thank you to circuit 23 for our theme song uh i hope you've all at least listened to mens vermis on his band camp and thank you to benny for listening to me talk about doctor who and thank you to Kyle for watching Doctor Who and telling me about it. And thank you to all of you for listening to me, listening to Kyle, talk about Doctor Who. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to leave us a goddamn five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, please, please leave us some five-star reviews. If you've listened to us for two friggin' seasons and you haven't left us a review yet... It's free. It costs you nothing. Please, <laughs> we're begging. <laughs> Leave us a review. I'm laughing, but I'm also crying. Come on, we, we we know there's a couple dozen people who listen to us. No, now I'm getting pathetic. All right, all right, all right. Hey, you know, if you felt like listen, leaving us a review, that'd be chill. No big deal. <laughs> but we appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, I think that'll do it. So tune in in. Hi, Matilda. Oh, Tune good. In. I'm, I'm glad that Matilda showed up for our <laughs> wrap-up episode. It wouldn't, yeah. be, it wouldn't be the Doctor's Who with it. wouldn't be the Doctor's Watcher without her. She spent most of the episode in the basement, so yeah, I'm glad she made it here for the end. Excellent. So yeah, tune in in one week from today to hear the first episode of Season 3, which is titled 400 Dawns. 400 what? Dawns. Like, okay. I guess, yeah, mornings. Oh, 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 oh. So I was thinking like D-O-Ns, like, you know. <laughs> Dawn, 400 I mafiosas. Like a, uh, yeah, you know, it could, it could just be, you know, the, the, the heads of families from like, you know, medieval Italy, I think. I, I don't know. Or, 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 you know, it's like 400 doms, like, you know, looking for 400 subs for oh, that'd be a fun episode. <laughs> but, uh, all right, all right, 400 dons. That's cool. That's cool. Um, that's like a, it's more than a year, more than a year's worth of dons. Um, cool. Well, we'll see you then, listeners. Bye. Bye. And thank you to Kyle for listening to Doctor Who and... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.